Good morning. Good to see y'all today. She's sawing the itsy bitsy spider. It's, it's raining outside. At least it kind of halfway uh, relates to the. There you go. But it's uh, it's good to see y'all today. You know, it's uh, it's good to have a smile put on your face you know, sometimes. You know, even though it's gloomy and rainy outside, it's good to know that we got these children here to get up and sing. You know, it's uh, good to be here and good to be with y'all. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in the same exact chapter we've been in a little bit. We'll, we're about to finish this up in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, we'll be in uh, verse 9 today. We've got up and went through 1 through 8, and we've understood that Jesus is speaking on the mountainside. And he's told uh, quite a few things. He told them that hope is here. He's told them that I still love you no matter what you've done. Uh, he says you're a part of my family. Uh, he says that you should want to be good. He says if you want mercy, you need to show mercy. And he says uh, you need to have a pure heart. He says you need to have the right focus in so many ways is what he's trying to say. And we get to the seventh beatitude out of the eight in Matthew chapter 5. And if you would, please stand this morning as we read uh, the seventh beatitude that Jesus speaks on the mountainside. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. The Word of God says this, is Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for allowing us to come together here this morning. We pray, Lord, that You'll help us to uh, preach what thus saith the Word of God. Uh, help us to help us to lead, Lord. Help us to gu guide us, Lord, and just uh, continue to use Your Word. There may be a light to my feet, Lord, and, and give me guidance, give me direction. Just continue to watch over this church, Lord. I pray that You'll watch over this community. We, we thank You, Lord, for the many blessings You've put in our lives. And, Lord, I pray that we can open our hearts, open our ears, open our minds, Lord, that we can accept the Word of God this morning that You give us. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Now, in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 9, it says, uh, a very simple, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called uh, the children of God. Now, uh, very easy to understand some of these things, but also very difficult to understand some of the things that Jesus says. Uh, we, we understand that when Jesus speaks, a lot of times He's speaking in parables. He's speaking in a, in a way that it covers a lot of things uh, uh, to help you very basically understand. A lot of times when Jesus is speaking, uh, it's very easy to understand. It is, is applied to that day, to those people, uh, but in a, the majority of what He says, it applies the same today. Uh, a lot of people try to say, well, it's, it's a little different what they're applied to, but I, I like to think that he's very simply speaking to, once again, he has called his 12 disciples. I believe those 12 disciples are there. I believe there are other people there. There are Pharisees, there are scribes, there are uh, the multitudes, there's Gentiles. I don't know who all is in this group that he's preaching to or speaking to on this mountainside, uh, but I think this applies to us as well very clearly as a lot of his teachings do. But he tells us, about peace. And peace uh, is such a big word. It's a very short word in the English language. You got five letters there. But peace is something that is so big, so fundamental in the Bible. You have the word peace mentioned over 400 times in, in, in the Bible. It's something that we see Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We see that uh, God is the God of Peace. We see a uh, very easy to understand that even one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. And so it's a very important part of the Bible. It's a very important thing that we have to have as Christians. But when we think of peace and 
<coughs> trying to understand what what is peace, uh, I believe that every one of us uh, would probably give a different definition throughout this whole church today of exactly what is peace, uh, what is peace to you, what does it really mean, uh, and my opinion of it may be slightly different than your opinion of, of peace, but when Jesus is speaking on this mountainside, uh, we'd like to just think about what he's trying to say about being a peacemaker and what peace is. Now, uh, peace, I want you to realize something about peace. Uh, uh, peace is not the absence of problems. That's, that's not what Jesus is trying to say. He's not trying to say that when you get rid of all your problems, you'll be happy. That's, that's not what Jesus is trying to speak about. Uh, we think about women and men. We think, I think about my, my wife and me. You know, there's not always peace in our house. If you're married, you've been married very long. We're coming up on 10 years. I, I was telling her that the other day. You know, we've got our 10 year anniversary coming up next year. It doesn't seem like we've been married that long, but I think about the peace that's been in our relationship, it's not always been peaceful. And, you know, the ways that we make it look peaceful, and I'll pick on our relationship just a little bit, uh, we look peaceful sometimes by giving each other the silent treatment. Uh, we don't talk. It's peaceful if we don't talk. The less we say, the better it may be. But that's not peace. Uh, having peace is not giving silent treatments. Uh, uh, having peace is not uh, avoiding each other. Uh, having peace is not calling each other all day long because we know what the other person's mad about. And, and, and that's an easy thing to understand. When you're in a battlefield, uh, uh, there's a difference uh, between peace. Now, if you go out in a battlefield and you have something called a truce, you decide to stop shooting each other for a little bit. <laughs> that's what truce is on a battlefield. Now, if you have peace on a battlefield, everything stops, the issues are resolved, and you embrace each other. That's peace. Truce and peace is a little different. It's the same way in our relationships at home. It's the same way in society. There's a big difference between sometimes what we think is peace and what is really peace. And we, we want to look and try to think about that a little bit. It's, peace is not an ignored issue. It's something that we have dealt with. It is something that we have taken care of. It's something that's not a, a hidden problem. It's not, a, it's not an agenda that we have to take care of. It is an embracing release. It is saying that this is done. It's saying that this issue has been resolved. It is talking it out with each other. It is, it is hugging. It is, uh, it is whatever that you want to think of, sealing a deal and being done with the issue at hand. And it, say, it says very plainly that blessed are the peacemakers. Now, Jesus gives us very clear instruction on how to handle conflict. And it's very easy to understand. Jesus, if you go to Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, it gives a guidance. Now, it goes into more detail. And we know if you're a Christian that you've had conflict and you could not resolve it. I'm not trying to tell you today that every conflict you have and every issue you have will be resolved. But Jesus gives us a blueprint. And I'm going to cover that first step. That when you have a problem with somebody, we're called to be peacemakers that you should try to resolve the issue. I know that I have failed at this. You have failed at this. Uh, uh, every Christian, I believe, fails at trying to resolve conflict. We get to Matthew 18, verse 15. It says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him, what? Alone. It says, if he shall bear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Today, Christians, if we want to resolve conflict, 
It's not telling us to go out and gossip. It's not telling us to get mad and fester and stew. It's not telling us uh, uh, to get our feathers ruffled. It's not telling us to give each other the silent treatment. It's not telling us to be ugly. It says to go to them, tell them your problem. Now what is that really trying to say? It says go express yourself. It says go and hold nothing back. It says go to them and speak to them. Tell them you've been hurt. Tell them uh, that they, when you speak, that they can speak as well. A lot of people approach this as a one-sided uh, uh, conversation. Often we speak about our own issues. Uh, it says to go and speak to your brother, but when we go and speak about our issues, uh, we have to also stop and do what? We have to hear their side of the opinion too. Boy, I, I've been guilty of that. Sometimes I don't like to hear somebody else's opinion. I want people to hear my opinion. I want, to hear, I want people to hear what I have a problem with. We need to seek to understand just as much as we seek to be understood. We have to look for people to help us and to listen and to listen to them. Not only should we voice our thoughts, our opinions, we must listen. We must listen to people. And we must listen to what? We must listen to understand. Not to reply. I, I've been guilty of that in my relationship with my wife. Sometimes she's a yapping and talking, and she's, yeah, I've talked to him something, and he ain't listening nothing. He's just waiting. I'm just waiting for her to get done talking so I can finally say what I want to say. Not really listening to what she's trying to say to me. And we're all guilty of that. We try to do things in our own way, but we must listen to understand, not listen to respond. We must be good listeners. And most of this, I believe that when Jesus is speaking about being a peacemaker, I believe he's talking about going out into the world and being a peacemaker at your job site, anywhere that you go that you have issues. But I, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt when Jesus is talking about being a peacemaker, I believe we can apply this to the home more than, than we can anywhere else. We spend usually more time at home. We spend countless hours at home, whether it be with our spouse, whether it be with our children, whether it be with our family. And I want you to realize something that having this peace at home is the main part of when Jesus is speaking here. I, I believe that's what he's talking about. One of the places we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that peace does not exist is at home. You say, Zach, how do you know that? Over 50% of marriages end in divorce. We, we see that it, there is issues at home. People have problems uh, and they're not fixed at home. There are families that are torn apart. Uh, people that disown each other. Uh, uh, mothers and daughters that don't speak anymore. Uh, there are children that leave and never speak to their family again. Uh, I know them. You know them. We've seen them. And Zach, uh, uh, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say we are called to be peacemakers. Now, I'm not saying that everything will be resolved, but we should try. The Bible shows us a lot of things to be a peacemaker here. And we can think about different ways that we can be peacemakers, but I want you, and I'm going to speak just for a moment this morning on some of the things that I do. And I, I'm, only, I'm going to say I do them because I've done every one of them. Some of the things we do when we're having problems at home. Okay? Now, one of the things that I do, I've already talked about it, I give the silent treatment. I do. When I get mad, and my wife will tell you, when I'm really mad sometimes, I just ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> so you know what? I'm just going to sit here, and you just do whatever it is you want. 
Now, be, given the silent treatment and the things that I'm just going to talk about are not fair. They are wrong. And the things I'm going to say is things that a Christian should not do, but we do it, I do it. You're probably guilty of it as well. You give people the silent treatment and there's nothing better than to be able to walk out of the room in the middle of an argument. That's what we think. There's nothing better than to be able to get into the car and leave somebody in the house with the kids going crazy because you're ready to go. There's nothing better sometimes than being able to say that, hey, you know what, I'm just not going to talk anymore. And we give each other the silent treatment. Sometimes, if we're not giving the silent treatment, we'll pull rank. So is that what you're trying to say about pulling rank? I'm going to say that we say that, well, we're older. We're smarter. We've done it more times than you have. We'll try to give some sort of reason to why we're better at the solution other than listening to the other person's solution. Uh, I'm older, I'm wiser, I've got a bigger degree, I make more money, I do this, I do that. I can do these things and you cannot. We try to bring those into the conversation. So we give the silent treatment. You may try to pull rank. Uh, you may even reject compromise. Boy, I'm guilty of that. If it's my decision, I think that mine's right. <laughs> How many of you think that you're always right? And if the other person has any kind of idea on how to fix the issue, no. This is the way we're going to do it. I said to do this one. We don't compromise in any kind of way. We don't say that, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it your way for a while. And if it don't work, we'll go back. We don't want to do that. We want to reject compromise no matter what we face, no matter what we see in our homes. Trust me, y'all do it. You don't want to say, yeah, you, your way's better. I'm guilty of that. I don't like to say that I'm wrong. How many people enjoy <laughs> saying to somebody, you know, I was wrong. We should do it your way. That's something that's difficult to do. And my favorite, my favorite of these four things, you can, you can give the silent treatment, you can pull rank, you can reject compromise, I brown bag. Say, Zach, what's brown bag? I'll tell you what brown bag is. It's where you took all those issues you've been having for the past six months and you've got them in a bag. And you finally got that moment that you've got in a little fight and you dump the bag out in the middle of the problem. You say, I ain't like the way last week you loaded the dishwasher. <laughs> I didn't like the way that you said so and so the other day. We dump everything out in the middle of a conversation, in the middle of a problem. You say, Zach, you sound like you've got a lot of issues. I'm saying that every one of us have these issues. Uh, we, we do these things and we dump out our problems, we reject compromise, we pull rank, we, we do all these things in our homes, and we're Christians. We're called to be peacemakers. And Zach's sitting there with a the brown bag waiting. <laughs> oh, I've had these problems. I'm ready to dump them out whenever she gets ready. <laughs> when she's feeling froggy, I'm going to dump out all the things I'm mad about. We're guilty of that. Blessed are the peacemakers. Should we do these things? No. Are you going to continue to do these things? Yeah, you are. We're going to continue to be sinful people with our own motives and our own energy and our own wants, our own desires, our, even our way that we do these certain things. But blessed are the peacemakers. Happy are the people that try to make peace. The best times that you'll have at home, the best times you'll have at work is when there's peace. You know, we try these things and those things may sound comical to you. 
They do. If you can't really relate and say, yeah, I remember that time I, I brown bagged, I brought everything into that conversation. I remember that time I, I said, no, I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to do it my way, and there's no other way that I'm going to. I remember the time that I sulked and gave them the silent treatment. You can think about these things. Are you being a peacemaker? <clears throat> Fighting dirty raises problems even worse. These things I'm saying right now has never helped me win an argument. Usually they make it worse. And my wife will tell you, if she's honest, that a lot of times I'll go back to her. It may take me an hour, it may take me a day. <laughs> but I'll come back and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Probably not enough. I may do silent treatment until we forget, maybe. But we're all guilty. We all have these issues. It's not healthy for your family. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for your relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to avoid fighting dirty. We have to avoid these things. The big thing is that we have to bring Jesus into the problem. And I'll tell you, I'm very resistant sometimes to stopping and asking Jesus to help me in the middle of a problem. And I, you know, I'm giving my wife as an example, and it's comical, and she's like, yeah, well, most of it's right, and it's not too funny to me, and it's not too funny to me either. But we have to understand that we have to bring Jesus into our issues. If we bring issues to Jesus, and we pray, and we read Scripture, and we focus on trying to bring Him in, things will be fixed. And the easiest way I know to explain that to you is my children fight. I don't know if you've ever seen kids fight. Most of you probably have. But my kids fight, okay? If I walk out of the room, I'll hear somebody go, uh, uh, then I'll hear, and then I'll hear, uh, it's mama, daddy. They'll call us in there, and one of them's screaming, one of them's crying, one of them's got a red place on their face because one of them hit each other. They pushed each other down, they've done mean stuff. But when I walk into the room, what do you think they do? They straighten up. They pretend, oh, nothing's happening, Daddy. I don't know why Leela's crying. I don't know why Bubba's got the red place on his face. I don't know why there's things thrown all over. Daddy, I don't know why things have been destroyed. Yeah, it's funny to y'all. It's not to me that much. But I walk in and all this chaos is going on. I can hear it through the door. I open the door, step in, boom, everything stops. Why do y'all think that happens? Because the one that's in charge has stepped into the room. They know daddy's going to tear them up. They ain't going to like it if I catch them doing something they ain't supposed to do. That's easy to understand. Think about it. When you bring Jesus into a problem, you take things that make no sense and then they suddenly make sense. You don't know why you're arguing with somebody. You don't know why you've had some kind of a falling out between somebody. If you pray about it and bring Jesus into it, you say, why is there a problem? The kids, when I walk in, they say, Daddy, I don't know why she's crying. He just miraculously forgot. Everything is peaceful when I step into the room. I may have to divide them up for a minute, set one over here, set one over here, tell them both to be quiet for a minute. But when I step into the room, chaos stops. It's the same way we're bringing the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings into the conversation. Things will have peace. Things will stop. We do something and it brings peace. We are no different. If we stay close to God, if I would have stayed in the room with them when they'd been fighting, 
They've been a whole lot less fighting. It amazes me just how lovely and how nice everybody is when I'm in the, in the room with them, when they're playing and saying, yeah, look at my toy, and they're playing real nice and real, real cute, and they're being real nice together. I walk out the door, turn the corner, ah! <laughs> Daddy! Ain't it amazing that when we, when, the, when we take somebody that's in charge out of the conversation, everything goes chaos. It's the same way with us. When we take God out of the conversation... We don't know how to act. We act crazy. We have problems we should never have. We have issues that we should never have issues with. We have problems and chaos and heartache and ridicule and gossip and backbiting and all these bad things. We bring Jesus in, you'll stop. I know it. I've had to do it myself. I've been mad at people for years before and then finally prayed about it and said, why am I mad about that? That's so silly to be mad about something like that. In our home, we have a peacemaker. We got four people in the house. And my wife, she should agree with this 100% when I tell you who the peacemaker is. The peacemaker in our house is Leela. Kimberly thought it was her. She goes, well, yeah, I'm a peacemaker. No, it's Leela. Leela is the peacemaker. She says, Zach, how are you going to say your four-year-old's a peacemaker in your house? My little girl drives me crazy. You'll be playing with her and she'll ask you 35 times, Daddy, will you play with me? Daddy, will you play with me? Daddy, will you... I'm, I'm playing with you, Leela. I'm in the floor playing with you. Why are you asking me to play with you? We are playing. And she'll keep doing that. And she'll know that it's driving me crazy. She knows when she is annoying me. Within her own self, Leela knows. She feels it. She says, Daddy's about to get me. Daddy's about to walk away. Daddy is about to give up all hope. On playing with me. But you know what she does? My wife knows what she does. We'll be going down the road and she'll be, Daddy, when are we going to be there? Mama, when are we going to be there? Uh, Mama, Daddy, uh, Bubba's doing so and so. Bubba's talking to me. Bubba's touching my toys. And we see this all over and over and over and over. But you know what she does? There'll be a pause for about five seconds. And Leela will do this. She'll say, Daddy, I love you. You know how much better that makes me feel? I'm about to go crazy. I'm about to jerk the car off the road and start beating kids on the side of the highway. Leela says, Daddy, I love you. I love you too, Leela. She's the peacemaker. She knows that she has pushed too many buttons. She knows she has done the wrong thing. And she says, I've got to fix this. I've got to remind Daddy that I love him. How could our relationship with God be better if in the middle of chaos and problems and our mistakes, and we know that we're annoying God. You know when you're annoying God. You know when you're not doing things the right way. We stop and we say, God, I love you. We say, God, you have blessed me. God, you've given me life. God, you give me a home. God, I love you. How much better do you think the relationship would be with you and God? That little girl does something so simple to say, I love you, Daddy. And boy, all the, all the rage goes away from it just for a little while until she keeps going and she does it again. But she's the peacemaker. She knows what she needs to say when she needs to say it. Now, the Scripture, it says this at the end of this. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they shall be called the children of God. Last week we saw that you will get to see God. This week we get to say that they will be called the children of God. It does not say in the Scripture that God refers to you as the children of God. It does not say that the world will refer to you as the children of God. But I'd like to think of it this way. I think it's both ways. If you're a peacemaker, you seek to have peace at home. If you're a child of the King, you've already met all the things up to this point. And Jesus is teaching, I believe that the world will know that you're a Christian. And I believe that God will know that you're a Christian. We have to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The world will know you're a child of the King by how you handle problems. If you seek nothing but to cause problems, how many people know people that it seems like all they do is try to cause problems? They're negative all the time. Nothing ever makes them happy. If anybody says anything that's against them, they have to speak up and be negative Nancys about it. And I'm sorry if you know anybody named Nancy. That's just what I call them. Negative Nancys. All these problems and they have to voice their opinion. They never seem happy. Does that sound like a Christian? Does that sound like somebody that's part of the king of kings? They don't sound like a child of the king. They don't sound like the children of God. The children of God are peacemakers. I have to ask you this morning, church, how do you handle those issues? How do we handle our problems? Are we being like Leela and being that peacemaker? Are we being somebody that when we're facing problems, we know what to do? We know to stop and be loving. We know to embrace each other. We know to not really have a truce, but to have real peace. Not to play dirty, not to be ugly at home, not to be ugly where you work at, but to just have peace and work for the betterment, work for the building of the kingdom. I can't think of uh, one of the better things that Jesus says on this mountainside is, blessed are the peacemakers. We need a world of people that just love each other. I'm not telling you to compromise on the Word of God. I'm not telling you that every conflict will be resolved. I'm not telling you that peace will always be there. But it says, blessed are the peacemakers, the ones that try to bring peace. Blessed are those people. Happy is what he's trying to say. Happy you're going to be if you're trying to make peace. You know, the best thing about an issue, I'll tell you this, church, truthfully, the best thing about having a problem with somebody, it's not the problem, obviously, but the best thing is knowing at the end of the day that you have done everything you can to fix that problem. You turned it over to them and you said, I have made every effort I, I have made to try to resolve this issue. It's on them now. I have done everything I can to try to resolve this, to make this better. Can we ask ourselves that today, church, as they get a verse of some song ready this morning? We have to analyze our lives. We have to analyze if we've been uh, the peacemaker, if we've, we've been nice. This morning, I'm given the title as a, as a pastor, as a preacher, as a bishop, as a minister. You can call me whatever you want to. That's a title that we put on ourselves. And you may have a title this morning. But the most important part that I have as a title is a son. Not my physical father, but my spiritual father. I'm called a son, a child of God. Can you call him father today? Can you? Can people call you a child of the king? Do people know by seeing your life that you're a Christian?
that you try to make peace. You don't go around stirring pots. You don't go around causing issues. You don't be that negative Nancy. You are nice. You are, uh, in certain ways, you, you, you roll with what you, what you need to do. You don't always voice your opinion when everything's going wrong. You're a peacemaker. Are we that today? As we sing, what page you got? 317.